Welcome to Season 4 of Talking Home Renovations with the House Maven. I am Catherine McPhail, your host. I'm an architect practicing in Eastern Massachusetts. In past seasons, we've covered all sorts of subjects with the intention of helping homeowners who may never have been involved in a renovation before and they felt like they needed to know what they were doing. We've built up over 100 episodes on everything from roofing to foundations, heard many renovation stories, and learned how to hire various professionals. This season, we'll be focusing even more on the challenges of renovating old houses while incorporating new technologies, using my own new house as a case study. We'll have all sorts of different guests, most having to do with what I'm just calling the next level of renovations. Now that you've got these 100 plus episodes under your belt, I think you're ready. This episode is about aging in place. You probably already have an idea of what that means, but this episode may open your eyes a little bit to the possibilities as it did for me. My guest is architect Taylor Davis. She's the founder of TPD Architect, which is a residential architecture interiors and planning firm in Alabama. And she specializes in helping families live longer in homes that they love. She believes beautiful spaces and aging in place spaces are not mutually exclusive concepts. Here's my conversation with Taylor. Thanks for taking the time, Taylor, to come on and tell us about aging in place. And I, I think a lot of people don't love that term, aging in place. Have you ever had that conversation with anybody? I'm a dermatologist a lot. Um, <laughs> yeah. It's really frustrated <laughs> with me. Yeah, I think, um, thank you for having me, first of all. I'm excited to be here. Yeah. And I love talking about this stuff because I think it's really important. Um, it is. I think it it's is. really important. We come across... A little bit of a backlash. I think, you know, aging in this society um, is generally sort of looked upon with fear or or kind of don't want to talk about it. You sort of put it to the side. And some of that is because we associate aging with decrepitude. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. We don't associate it with wisdom. We don't associate it with joy. Um we don't associate it with freedom. Like there are all sorts of really positive aspects of aging that we tend to neglect. We sort of associate it with people, you know, losing some of their cognitive abilities or their physical capacity or whatever it is. So we we as a society have kind of created this kind of negative stereotype of aging. And so when we talk about aging in place, we're kind of fighting two things. One, we're fighting this this idea that um, people are going to inevitably have something happen to them, whether it's temporary or permanent, where they might need mm -hmm. some physical accommodation. But then on top of that, just the thought, just just bringing to the table the idea that somebody might need some aging in place. They're like, oh, do you think I'm aging? Like I've had numerous people come up to yeah, me and say, right. oh, do you think I'm old? And I'm like, no, 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 that's not it. Right. Like, I'm, I, this isn't about that. They get offended. So. Right, right. But it, I mean. With any luck, they'll actually grow to be old. Yes. I mean, I don't... I think I, it's... I, I'm totally with you. I feel like the society does not value age the way... Or at least maybe we could all just decide that's not the situation. And like you said, I love what you said about wisdom and joy and all those other things that come with age, because it does. Well, and we... we yeah. We we want to tell people when we talk about this, we sort of say, look, this is a, this is a pretty optimistic thing that we're talking about. We're talking about doing some things to your home that will help support you to continue to be active, to continue to be engaged, to have time to go travel, to have time to spend with your grandchildren, like to have a space where you can do your hobbies. Like all of those things are a part of aging in place. And none of those have anything to do with a ramp or grab bars. Like 
We want <laughs> you to have a place that supports you to continue to live your life in the kinds of ways that you are enjoying now, but recognizes that there may be some changes, like I said, that are that may be temporary or permanent that, that we want to have in place so that that those changes don't become traumatic, that they don't become something that requires an intervention that's much more expensive and much more difficult, much more stressful than it needs to be. If we talk about it now, while you're in your 40s and 50s and you're thinking about staying in a house that you're going to be in for the next 25, 30 years, and these days with the investments that people are making in construction, it's kind of an economic no brainer. Like you want to, if you're going to spend this money, you might as well make it so that either you can live in the house or somebody can buy the house from you that can live in that house for the long term. So, you know, we really try right. and, and couch it in some more optimistic um, verbiage, which is hard to do. It really, it's a very, it's very much an uphill battle just to get beyond the sort of negative stereotypes. Hmm. And we should probably back up for a second to say that you are an architect who specializes in in this right. aging in place. And do you want to, uh, what does that, what does that mean? Exactly. Did you, how did you become an architect who specializes in aging in place? So I did commercial work and institutional work and retail work in New York when I was, um, coming out of architecture school. And, uh, then after September 11th moved to New Jersey and started doing residential work. So I sort of left that kind of commercial area we stayed in New Jersey for a little while, but then I moved back to Birmingham, which is where I'd grown up. And it just so happened that most of my early clients were friends of my parents or were my friends' parents. So kind of a generation up from me. And they were mm -hmm. really interested in um, and doing some stuff that allowed them to spend more time with their grandkids. And it was kind of a vague conversation that we were having in the outset. So they wanted to put a washer and dryer next to the closet. So then they came back from a trip. It was really easy for them to unpack and do their laundry. It really got sort of precipitated by a couple of clients who had specific disease challenges. So a couple where uh, the wife had Parkinson's, um, actually two. Um, and so that sort of got us diving into some research about what it meant to be an aging in place specialist um, and mm. got certified a couple of years, about three years ago, actually. But we started working with an occupational therapist locally to sort of talk about what she was seeing when she was working with older clients in their homes who were doing physical therapy from an injury or from a stroke or had specific challenges associated with a disease and kind of what that all looked like. And we really found that a couple of things were happening. One, this was a conversation that was applicable to a lot of people. It wasn't just the people who were calling us to do the renovations. We were having it with their kids who would call us and say, I wish I had talked to you 15 years ago when we moved my mother from X to Y. Um, uh, mm. But also some, it, we we're having it with, with our, you know, people my age in their fifties who were thinking about doing long-term construction renovation. So it wasn't something that was necessarily precipitated by a specific incident, but something that they were thinking about over the long term. It's a lot easier to have that conversation with somebody in their 50s than it is with somebody in their 70s, to be perfectly honest. Um, right. Uh, right. So I think all of those things happen, but coming home and sort of knowing, you know, being, being around and having clients that were people that I knew and who were older and were thinking about doing the way they wanted to live in their homes for the long term was really kind of how we started diving into this. I thought it was interesting what you said about the um, aging in place, not just meaning ramps and grab bars. 
And then you have mentioned a couple other things like easy access to laundry, just things that just sound easier. Yeah. Maybe I'm just getting older, but it sounds like, yeah, that would be nice. <laughs> so what what do you think people don't think of when they think of aging in place? Well, you know, it starts, everybody starts thinking about it as, you know, you got to have grab bars, you got to have ramps, like I said. The next thing people start talking about is, is, is curbless showers and stairs and elevators, sort of that next level, which are all really great things to have. And I'm not discounting any of those as being really a part of a whole conversation about renovations if you're engaging in something of that scale. But things that people don't really think about a lot of the time are like energy costs. You know, if you're moving from a situation where you're fully employed to where you might be retiring and your income may be changing, wouldn't it be nice to be a little bit more predictive of your energy or your maintenance costs? So how can we incorporate some things that give you some predictability in that sense? Low maintenance materials, landscaping. We don't want people to be up on ladders cleaning their gutters. It's a fall hazard. Mm. Um, But we also don't want them to spend every weekend doing that. They want to be with their grandkids. So some of those things, which are generally not thought of in kind of the aging in place realm, but are really ways to think about how are active people living longer and how do they want to spend their time um, and their money. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think the last piece of it is kind of, you know, we talk about safety and there's sort of this bucket of things that are there for safety. Talk about stuff that's there for sort of finances and economics and energy management and all that sort of stuff. But the other part of it is really kind of how do they live? Kind of what are what, how do people want to live actively? And a lot of them want to spend a lot of time with their grandkids. So a lot of the stuff we talk about in terms of function and the way their houses run is it's got to be working for them, but they keep their grandkids three days a week and they want to cook with them and they want to have a space where they can go sleep. So like we talk about bunk rooms or we talk about, you know, ranges that are easy for the grandparents to operate, but are also really safe for the kids to operate. So there's lots, it's mm. a pretty broad um, conversation when you really get down to it. But I think some of the stuff that people don't, people normally think of the safety kinds of concerns, you know, how do you make sure people aren't falling? Mm-hmm. How do you make sure they have something to hold on to that they're not going up and down steps, all those things. But I think it is a much broader conversation. Are you having an office where somebody can practice, you know, who's semi-retired, who wants to do consulting? All of a sudden, two people are in the same house and they've never spent that much time in the same household together because Somebody's or both of them have always been in an office. How do you make sure they have enough space to sort of negotiate that? So I'm glad you asked that question because it is a broader, I think it's a lot broader than what most people would sort of assume is that little sort of safety bucket. And I've heard you say that it's for everybody, not just people who are are aging. Right. I mean, as I said, hopefully we'll all get older. Mm -hmm. I mean... If, if all goes well, what are some what are some ways that architects can help people create spaces that will address their future needs? I mean, what what can we what can we do as architects? Do we bring just bring it up to them? Well, that's the hardest part. I think that's the first part is how do you is, is bringing it up in the conversation um, and understanding that sometimes that takes some time to digest. Um, and there may be different ways of talking about it that that help. Um, because I think, like I said before, the worst time to think about it is, is when there's an accident or when there's a surgery or something that's traumatic. So, Mm, um, I think that's bringing it up is probably the first thing we can do as architects. And we can talk about it to everybody. I mean, that's just it. We don't just talk about it with our, 
with with folks who are of a certain birth date. We talk it we talk about it with people who are in their 30s who are renovating and we say you might want to put in a carbless shower. It's great for the dogs to get in. The kids love and running around, mm-hmm. you know. We don't have to put grab bars in today, but we can put blocking back behind them and that's a selling point for, you know, if you're in a one level ranch, that's a selling point. If you're going to sell that home in 10 years, all of a sudden you've got a new market that you might not have considered. Right. So I think that conversation is important that we have it with everybody so that we start to to take away some of the stigma that's associated with it. And then the other mm-hmm. thing I think we can do as architects is really think about adaptability. So if we are really thinking about aging in place and kind of what are the things that qualify a home as aging in place, and there's all sorts of lists that that are associated with that, you know, thinking about ways to make doorways and hallways water, those benefit somebody who's carrying grocery bags or a pumpkin seat on their arm, just as much as they do somebody who's in a wheelchair. Um, How do Mm -hmm. we, like I said, how do we put in blocking? How do we figure out, you know, it hurts my knees just as much to reach all the way down to the baseboard to plug in the outlet in the vacuum cleaner as it does somebody else. So can we raise those up a little (laughs) bit and make them look nicer? So how do we think about ease of use that helps everybody um, as opposed to just you know, somebody who's 75 and older or whatever that that date range is. So I think being being specific about not necessarily things that are for older people, but thinking about accommodations and things that we can build in the house that make it adaptable for anyone who wants to use it. I'm just moving into a new house myself. Mm-hmm. So I'm 55 and I'm just moving into this mm-hmm. house. And I part of me hopes that I never have to leave. But I am realizing that in terms of, uh, you know, like the door to the bathroom is two feet mm-hmm. wide. So... It's also it's also at the bottom of the steps, so you actually have to take a step <laughs> down to go. It is not, um, you know, it was not right. something I would design. Well, actually, we can't because it's not a right. code. But but is there anything that someone who's moving into or lives in a house that is not already like a one story situation? I mean, what 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 kind of can what could I incorporate or somebody like me incorporate into my house? Since I'm renovating right. right now. Well, I think there's sort of say? three levels of things that you can do. So we have a consultation that we do locally here where we meet with homeowners. We do a walk through the house. We sort of get a sense of what they are looking for, how long they want to stay, what their plans are. Um, what they're currently seeing is kind of hitches, glitches in their, their current house that they want to fix or things that they need to address. And maybe we can bring up some more that they might not have considered. Or tell them that the things they're worried about, they shouldn't be worried about. So the thing about aging in place that's that I think is interesting is that it's not like ADA. It's not like a one size fits all scenario. So it may be that 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 it's not a big deal to have steps in your home. You know, can we make the steps safer? Yes. Can we add lighting? Can we add a handrail? Can we can we add some nonstick something to the tread so that it becomes less of a, a fall hazard? There's actually some scenarios under which a physical therapist has told us that having a step somewhere in the house is great for somebody who is in specific physical therapy and needs that exercise to be able to do it. So it's not a one size fits Mm -hmm. all proposition. I think we can increase safety in some circumstances. A 24 inch wide door is hard to negotiate. So maybe there's another bathroom in the home that can be accessible, that can be used in an emergency basis, that, that can have some accommodations made to it. But I think in terms, there's some stuff that you can do on a sort of DIY level. You know, we talked about lighting. LED lighting is the easiest. Paddle switches, super easy. Lever door handles, faucets, the kind of basic stuff that you may need at a plumber or an electrician, but most people can kind of do it on their own. 
then there's kind of the intermediate level, which really, you know, if you're installing stair lighting or, or, um, or exterior lighting, or you're working with getting a, a step outside so that you can get grading better, sometimes that requires a professional. And then we talk about, you know, what are the sort of bigger, bigger things? Do we need to add on a master bathroom? Do you anticipate living here long enough where you would need a place where um, you could be on the main level that has an accessible bathroom and a bedroom? Or do you need a caregiver space? That's another thing we talk about a lot is, is there a space where a caregiver could possibly be? So there's kind of three levels that I think people can engage in. And depending on current physical situation or what you think your trajectory is, you know, you may not have to have every last thing. Not everybody needs 12 grab bars. You know, you may just need one or two at a certain space. You, may, you might just need one bathroom. But being able to kind of evaluate mm -hmm. and think of it, it doesn't have to be an all or nothing scenario. Okay. So it's basically something everybody can incorporate yeah. more safety into their homes. Easily. Anyway. Yeah. Especially, especially with stairs. Yes. I mean, no matter how old yes. you are, people of all ages fall on yes. the stairs. So, yes. Yeah. Like you said that aging in place doesn't have to mean so suddenly it looks like a hospital or it's not an attractive right. space right. or any of that. So, um, and also you were talking about a, a vanity you were working yeah. on. So the vanity, we've been working on a convertible vanity prototype that we're just installed in some um, continuing care, independent living cottages that we're working on. And we're still sort of working through some of the hiccups, but we've done it successfully on a great project where the, the owner had Parkinson's and the, the it looks like a traditional vanity from the front and has storage. Um, but but the, the front of it is removable um, so that there's a, a, an accessible panel so that it can be used from a seated position. Um, once that front panel and those storage pieces are removed, so it's easily kind of taken apart in place. And that gets mm. over some of the look, you know, the hurdle that people look at it and see, yeah, that looks like a sink for a wheelchair. And this doesn't. It looks yeah. like the vanity that everybody would want in their, you know, traditional home. It's got, you know, pretty millwork and hardware and all that sort of stuff. So, yes, we are we are working through that. I would love to see that kind of taken as something that cabinet company could offer as part of their stock cabinetry line. I think that would mm. be a really great offering for someone. So we're, we're sort of working through that. But I think, you know, we just got the Pony Julio catalog in the mail yesterday um, here at the office. I'm, I'm of the age where I like lots of hard copies. I don't like to sort through everything on the internet. And um, mm. the, uh, it's a grab bar company that has been around for a long time. They're designed in Italy. And it, this catalog, it was exquisite. The, the plumbing fixtures, the um, sinks with built-in storage, colorful sort of wall-mounted grab bars and shelves that attach. It's very European. If you're of a sort of modern mindset, it was really great looking and very fun. Like there was a lot about it that did not look like there was no sort of an air of sadness to it. It was, it was actually had lots of pops yeah. of color and customization with wood that was really, really lovely. I think that's beginning to creep into the marketplace. You know, the residential, the residential plumbing companies have been on board with making grab bars that match their plumbing suites for a while. But hmm. I think we are beginning to see, and it's a market-driven thing, I hope, which is that with the sheer numbers, the percentage of the population that is over the age of 65 or will be by, by 2030, that 
they're not, this is a generation that isn't inclined to sort of back off of their spending or, or, or be sort of resigned to a sort of sterile environment. These are people who have been involved in designing their homes, who have invested in their style, who have invested in their homes over the years, and they're not interested in having it be diminished by what they see as kind of an aging environment. And our, our job as architects is to help kind of make all of that invisible um, so mm. that so that the time that they have invested and the money they've invested in these homes, in terms of it reflecting their personal style, is maintained regardless of whatever sort of condition that they're looking at or or permanent or injury or whatever it is. So I think that the market will help to help to sort of push that whole um idea of design is not just for people who are under the age of 50. It it is high design is and and should be for everyone. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well that's that's a whole topic that I could go on for a long time about ageism and I won't. I won't, but I mean there's no reason why um I mean it makes no sense. It's kind of like sexism no. to me. Like it makes no sense. Why is no. it even a big deal that we're women we're architects? I don't get it. Why it, is it's, it? I don't know. I'm a huge fan of Iris Apfel's um, Instagram uh, mm-hmm. feed. And, you know, she's the designer. She just she turned 100 last year and she started her own fabric line with, uh, I think, Tebow. Anyway, she wow. has done, she, her Instagram feed is exquisite and it's her dressed up in all sorts of fabulous outfits in locations all over the world. And she looks like a million bucks. And <laughs> it sort of undermines that whole idea that if you're old, you can't look stylish right um right because it's absolutely and, not and true. it's ridiculous yeah no it's absolutely not true it in fact it's ridiculous the older you get the better sense you have of of what works and what doesn't and and mm-hmm. what's true and what works for you i mean that's just it your your personal sense of style is only elevated by your your years in life yeah exactly and now that i have two kids in their 20s like i just don't see <laughs> I just don't say that they're better off than I am having, no. <laughs> you know, so I'll, I'll stick with the mid fifties. Seems good. I hear that. Yeah. I'll take you there. Um, yeah. And beyond, of course. Um, so the kind of uh, consultations that you do, do you do online consultations for anybody or do you work with other architects or designers or what other offerings we, do you have? Well, right now we are, we have sort of kept this as kind of a local thing. We've been working to try and figure out a way to really do it well online. Some of the things that are hard is that when we walk a site, we can find out where like the toe catchers are um, and, and stuff in a home where the thresholds are off, which is a really easy fix, but can cause a really big problem. You know, somebody can break a toe really easily on that. And that's a, Mm. that's a rough, um, that's a rough rehab. So we're sort of in the process of trying to figure out what we need to be looking for in doing an online thing. So I'm working on that as, as trying to offer that as a, as an online offering right now, we're keeping it local. We collaborate primarily with, um, we have in-house, we have two, uh, certified aging in place specialists, myself and Landon Stubblefield, who's our interior designer. Um, we collaborate with a couple of occupational therapists here, um, specifically to have conversations with them about what they are, doing. And when we have a client who allows us to talk to their particular medical team, that's also really helpful. And we work directly with them. Um, We also work with um, a a couple of retail outlets here who specialize in medical equipment and a furniture maker who has helped us design um, a special custom bed to be 
built around a bed that moves and goes up and down Hmm. and has bars and stuff so that we're able to kind of normalize what normally people see as kind of a medical equipment situation. We want to make that feel like it's the custom home that they're accustomed to. So we try and sort of bring together these kind of disparate fields and professions in a way so that it doesn't feel intimidating that they should have been working together the whole time. Um, and, mm. and that feels really good. So that's something that we work on on an individual project basis. But as we, as we sort of flesh out our, our consultations, we do want to offer it as an online, but we want to make sure that we're doing it in the, in the best way to serve folks so that they're getting, they're getting value for what we're providing. Right. Yeah. I mean, the more I listen to you talk about the different, uh, like the occupational therapists and, and the, fact is that we could any of us at any age could hurt ourselves and need mm-hmm. need the space and the time to do the renovation is not after you've had the accident or after no. you've had come down with whatever debilitating issue you have it's like that would just be worse so yeah it makes sense that homeowners i maybe if the architect doesn't bring it up that they could bring it up themselves you know everybody think about as you say the resale value would be better too if you had a house where Anybody could live there. I live in Alabama. We talk about hospitality all the time. So mm. who's, is your grandmother coming over? Exactly, yeah. Is she 80? Is she coming for Christmas? Do you have cords that are sticking out in the middle of the road? Check your throw lugs. You know, mm-hmm. some of it's about just being polite. Like right. you have people coming to visit you that might that might not be able to use the bathroom that you currently have. Mm-hmm. Is that an important thing for you to be able to address if you're investing all this money in your home? and? You know, we did one house and she wanted her her older parents to be able to come and visit. We did a long investigation into what size steps would be appropriate for getting from the outside for a walker. And so, you know, it is a much broader conversation than what is happening to you today. Did you just have your knees replaced? Right. Yeah. It's 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 about who's coming to your house, who's going to visit, who's um, who's your who's in your family. You know, a teenager can have an ACL injury that could put them in crutches for a long time. Mm-hmm. So it, it it is not, it, it it really is a broader topic than I think the, the quote unquote aging in place nomenclature lends it to. Mm-hmm. It's about thinking about accessibility and thinking about accommodation in a little bit different way. Not about decrepitude, but opportunity. Maybe it should be called something like easy living. We we call our we call our our consultation service thriving at home. Thriving at home, um, I like that. I like that. So we that that's that that's getting at it. But it's one of those things where little. I mean, I I've got post it notes where I go up and sort of try and brainstorm and figure out new things. And I'm I'm come up. I'm just as in the dark as everybody else. I just I think part of the problem is that societally we are just really struggling with the word aging. Right, right. I think that's it. Well, that's the crux of it. That is, it is. And it's a bigger ship to turn around. Yep. Yeah. But it is a problem. I mean, it is an issue. So I'm happy to work on it with you if you want. I mean, I just feel like. I'd love for you to work on it with me. (laughs) I don't know what the solution is on that one. The more brains that are involved in this, the better. There's a great book. I just finished reading it by um, Joseph Coughlin, who's the director of the MIT Age Lab. Hmm. and it's called the longevity economy. And it really kind of digs into a bunch of these issues. Actually, he's inspired me. I'm, I'm working on the, the MIT Age Lab has an aging suit 
um, that companies have used uh, to do some of their design um, testing in. So like, I think you mentioned CVS had the Age Lab folks dress up in the aging suit and walk through a prototype of one of their stores to figure out what was going to be a hurdle. Wow. So a local university here actually we think has an aging suit. So we're trying to get a hold of it and get our team walking through a house in an age suit to kind of get a better sense of that. What does it look like? Does it just make your joints not work very well? It's joints. It adds weight. It impedes movement. There's headphones and goggles that are associated. It's Ugh, supposed to simulate awful, your actually. physicality in 40 years. I think it sounds, I mean, I think from a research perspective, <laughs> it sounds really exciting because yeah. it gives us an opportunity to kind of test things um, yeah, sure. and, and really to see where the pressure points are. You know, and that's the other piece of it is that we can assume a lot of things, um, but until we sort of know something or have experienced it, all of us as designers are better informed by experience. Mm. So if we can get in there and sort of experience some of these things a little bit for ourselves, we're going to be much more sensitive to it regardless of who we're designing for. Yeah. That's amazing that they've made these aging suits. I'm going to have to look into that a little bit. Anyway, so. It's really cool. Longevity (laughs) economy. And what was the name of that company you mentioned earlier that had the, the, the fun fixtures. Oh, Ponte Giulio. Ponte. P-O-N-T-E-G-I-U-L-I-O. All right. I'm going to look into that too. Oh yeah. Pretty Be- slick. Because, um, because you're right. Like hospitality in my own house, I'm just thinking about that bathroom that is problematic. That is our downstairs bathroom. Mm-hmm. You know, how, how am I going to make that accessible to more people? I don't know, but I'll have to look at that. That's I mean, that's a, it's a it's a challenge, but it's kind of a fun challenge because you're thinking about it as opening up an opportunity. Mm-hmm. What are some things that are going to allow you to, to to it's not it's not even a problem that you have to fix right now. I mean, I think that's the other great thing about talking about this early on is that it gives you the opportunity to kind of brainstorm and really think about, well, if, if we did this, then these, you know, my grandmother could come and could be able to use this in her walker. And it sort of opens up opportunity as opposed to. I'll give the example. My dad had both of his knees replaced at the same time. And in their house, mm. the only shower out had like a 12 inch curb and he couldn't get over that. And the only grab bars he was willing to use at the time were suction cups. And I was like, no, that's not going to cut it. You can't do that. <laughs> and it was huge fight ensued. He was furious at me. Like we had a terrible, I mean, it was just, it was awful, but it was because of the pressure and the stress of that situation Mm. rather than think realistically about, you're right, we really do need to anchor these into the walls somehow. Yeah, definitely. Um, other than I don't want, you know, his inclination was this is a temporary thing. I want to be able to take the, the grab bars off temporarily. Mm. And so if we think about it more as an opportunity to kind of say, okay, should this happen, you're set. Or should these people come over? They've got a place to be. It's a lot more freeing to have that conversation than it is when you're when you're in the middle of a really traumatic yeah. Um, injury or, or accident or illness. Right. I mean, never mind the timing of it and how, when is it going to be f- oh, yeah. fixed? It'll be, you might be better right. by the time you get somebody over to do something at your house. All right. Well, do you have Instagram or any way that people can I follow I do you? have Instagram. TPD Architect is our Instagram. We're on LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, and the website is tpdarchitect.com. Actually, we're in, we're doing, we, I say we, I've been filming myself, which is um, Fun. always a little stressful. Yeah. Um, doing an Instagram series on 
uh, Aging in Place, and we've been calling it Why You Shouldn't Have to Retire from Your Home. Nice. Um, because we shouldn't. Um, and so if you follow us on Instagram, uh, there'll be updates about when the next posts are going to be. We talk about what aging in place is and why it's important and what are some things that people should be thinking about. That's great. So is your vanity on the market or is it going to be on the market? I actually need We have not found a company. We need a company to build it. We've had a custom mill workers who have been doing it up mm. to this point. We need to find a company that's going to, that's going to help us bring it to market because Absolutely. we really think that there's some, there's a lot of value in this. Oh yeah. I was looking for that very thing recently with a, um, you know, a family who wanted to stay in the house with their younger daughter who was like in her forties and they wanted a tab of vanity that looked like a regular vanity, but they also yeah. didn't want to have to spend a lot of money on the vanity just to take it out soon to put a totally different new thing in. So that's what I was looking for. I didn't know you were working on it. We are working on it and we really want to, we want to, we want to find the right cabinetry company that's hmm. that's going to have the capacity to kind of test it and really work it through. I mean, we've done it on our own, like I said, with custom. But custom's different than than mass manufacturing and getting it done as a stock piece. And Absolutely. It's, got to, yeah. it's, it's one thing to have one person know how to operate it and take it apart. It's a whole other thing to have it be for anybody to be able to operate it and take it apart. Yeah. So, True. We really we want to dig into that some more, but we're uh, that's something we are dying to bring to market. That's on our list. That would be great. That'd be great. Well, it's still been very um, thought provoking for me and interesting. Oh, good. It's been great talking to you. And come back sometime if you have if you have some other invention that you want to share. For I would love to. That you think would be of interest to homeowners. I think it's been really great. I've enjoyed it. Thank you, Catherine. Thank you for listening and thank you so much for sharing this show with your friends. It is growing all the time and I really appreciate that. I would love to hear from you if you have anything to say about this episode or past episodes, good or bad, or a suggestion for a new episode. Send me an email at thehousemaven at talkinghomerenovations.com. Talking Home Renovations with the House Maven is a proud member of Gable Media, the most engaged AEC network on the planet. Check out my other show and all the rest of the shows at gablemedia.com. That's G-A-B-L-M-E-D-I-A.com. And until next time, take it easy.